Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Podcast, Junior speaking, seniors here with us. Uh, Alan, the cigar savant, Friedman is here with us as well. And special guests tonight, we have uh, uh, one of the J's of Trey J Cigars, Jerry Garrett, uh, on the line with us as well. So, how's everybody doing tonight? Excellent. Doing great, buddy. Doing great. Thank you. Good. How about yourself? Doing well. Doing well. Sitting here uh, outside in the dark, trying to not get carried away by the mosquitoes uh they are particularly vicious tonight but uh yes i, I am setting uh basically on the uh on the back side of the boat right now and uh i think the cigar smoke is the only thing that's actually saving me from getting carried away right now actually it does seem pretty effective sometimes it's i, I don't have a tiki torch so i'm working with what i have uh, all right i think we got it there all right, so we got the 2012 uh, from Oscar. Uh, is his five-year anniversary cigar, and uh, that given the name 2012. But there's a Connecticut, a Corojo, and a Maduro version. So far, I've only had experience with the Corojo version, but I've had a couple of them now. Very, very good. The uh, the wrapper leaf on this one is Honduran. Uh, the binder uh, comes out of Nicaragua, and the filler is both Honduran and Nicaraguan. All right, so the uh, but the 2012 by Oscar, it's got uh, very uh, very nice pepper notes, a uh, little bit of woodiness and some nuts. But if you get uh, get into a store and you see the 2012 line there, I definitely recommend uh, you know you picking up one of these. Uh, that that would be my tip for the evening. Try the Corojo for sure, uh, but give the whole line a try as well. And uh, if you find by chance the Leaf by Oscar, don't pass that one up because that's a uh, personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, senior, what are you smoking over there? I've got a Serrano Vault. I'm actually smoking the TM-027. There's four different ones of them. Right. And uh, what drew me to this one, uh, it's got a San Andreas wrapper, which I'm very fond of. And right. Binder and uh, filler or Nicaraguan. Yeah. Uh, just getting it lit up, but uh, so far so good. And, Actually, uh, I've had uh, three of those, so I can't remember exactly which was which, but I, I thought all of them were pretty good. And, uh, Jerry, are you smoking anything over there? Yes, sir, I am smoking red. Oh, good choice, good choice. Uh, Thank you. Definitely my uh, my second favorite behind the blue, and I'm not saying that just because you're here. Um, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And, uh, Alan? I recently had one of the guys in Miami tell me, I said... He almost apologized when we did it. He said, I think I really like the red better than the blue. And, you know, hey, as long as you like something, I'm happy. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. As long as, long as you're picking out. I've heard that the red makes a great breakfast cigar. I've heard that, too. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that from a guy I should know, but uh, I don't know. I think I want to go something a little lighter for breakfast, but that's just me. Yeah, that would be no, uh, so. a, a little stiff in my book for a breakfast cigar, but definitely a... Yeah. A great uh, after lunch cigar, especially if it's a uh, a Woodstock style lunch with uh, half pound burgers and 
right. steak and pasta and all the other stuff that we were treated to at the the Woodstock tweet up, but we'll we'll get a little bit more into that as the show goes along. Uh, right. Alan, what are you smoking over there? Well, I've gone old school, and I selected a Rocky Patel vintage nineteen ninety. Yeah, and I want to tell you about this. the The backstory on it is, you know, the Rocky Patel brand has been known for its quality construction and most importantly its consistency and he entered the cigar industry in the of the cigar boom as an outsider you know without the cuban or even the latin pedigree and um he was even told that he would never make it and rocky succeeded like nobody else you know in this industry now, yeah. Rocky put aside the Indian tobacco brand name, and he spent years that he had spent years building. Now, he did that so he could focus on his own brand, the Rocky Patel brand, and the vintage series. And he wanted to have direct control over the quality of his cigars. Now, during his travels, he had discovered unused bales of 12-year-old Honduran-grown broadleaf wrapper. Wow. He found that the older tobacco performed significantly better than anything he had used before. He also cut back on production to focus on quality control. So instead yeah. of them rolling 400 to 500 cigars a day, he cut it back to 250. And this left room for just unprecedented craftsmanship. And the quality produced a vintage line of cigars that have consistently cracked the 90 rating barrier in Cigar Aficionado. Now, the vintage 1990 was actually introduced in 2003. Again, using that 12-year-old Honduran broadleaf Maduro wrapper. The binder is an eight-year-old Nicaraguan, and the filler tobaccos are a blend of eight-year-old Nicaraguan and Dominican tobaccos. Now, this cigar is impeccably constructed and attractive. Man, it's got great oils, nice color. It is box-pressed, double-banded, and, of course, available in wooden boxes of 20. The cigar is produced for Rocky at General Cigars Scandinavian Tobacco Group Factory in Don Lee. Now, I found the draw to be just excellent. As a matter of fact, the draw is really spectacular with just tons of thick white clouds of smoke. And this made, you know, my note-taking on the cigar just so much easier, and it made the smoking experience that much more gratifying. I found the Rocky Patel 1990 vintage to be a mild to a medium-bodied cigar. It was balanced in flavor and complexity with rich flavors of earthy, woody cedar and had hints of toasted nuts with espresso. And occasionally, I would get this hit of semi-sweet chocolate creamy flavor and notes of caramel and believe it or not a hint of white pepper and jasmine occasionally teased my senses really complex really really enjoyable 
Now, my tip to our listeners is the Rocky Patel Vintage 1990 is a cigar you must try. And if you haven't smoked one in a while, try it again. You will not be disappointed. You know, it has garnered a 92 rating in Cigar Aficionado and has twice been placed in the top 25 cigars of the year by the same magazine. The vintage line was dubbed the best of the best in the 2004 Rob Report. And I think this would make a great celebratory or after-dinner cigar. And I believe that all levels of enthusiasts would enjoy this cigar. So does it get a Cigar Tipsters radio show by recommendation? You bet it does. Yeah, the 90 is an absolute classic. It is absolutely one of the best things he's ever done. And, you know, one of the things, too, that you should, you, I, I like scars, the fact that it is so smooth. Uh, and, of course, that's from having all that age, age tobacco. But, yeah, it's a great cigar. You know, you know, Jerry, what makes it even, even greater is the fact that, you know, it came out in 2003. And yeah. it's been consistently excellent all of these years. Yeah, that's that's amazing to be able to keep that kind of consistency that long. Okay, uh, you can only do that with with quality control. Right. Hey, before we go any further, I just want to say, just getting back to last weekend, we had Darwin and I had the best time that we have had, and I can't tell you how long. Uh, Alan, you and Marley are the most gracious and generous hosts that I ever could imagine. And uh, you know, senior, junior, meet you guys is like a family reunion every time. You know, the the, family, the people in your family you really like, you know. And, and Ben, <laughs> I have so much fun with Ben. I've been having so much fun with you. I've been writing your your phone number on bedroom walls. So <laughs> <laughs> glad to be of service for a good time. Call my Google Voice number. That, exactly. That's exactly. What I've been writing. So. <laughs> but, so thanks again, everybody. We just have a great time. Oh, Jerry, how's your friend? You, We're gonna talk about talk about it more a little later, aren't we? Oh yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, Ben, you smoking anything over there? Yes, I am, and uh, I am quite impressed with it. So, uh, one of my go-to brands is Christian Aurora. Okay, CLE. I love his work. Um, so, I want to talk just a minute or two about it, and then we'll move on to the next topic or the other people. So, um, what is it? The Aurora it's called the, the line is Salud Amor Pesetas. Um, so what it is, it was originally released in 2013, okay? This particular Aurora cigar is a tribute to the summer of 1916 when his Christian's grandfather, Generoso Aurora, got his first job as a boat captain for the Cuban Land and Leaf Tobacco Company. Wow. That's where he kind of got, yeah, that's kind of where he got his start with it. So what it is, the cigars come packaged in 10-count boxes, and they're held together by a leather ribbon, which is kind of a sort of a representation of how Christian's grandfather, Generoso, would store his cigars in the trunk at the foot of his bed. All right. So to all of the uh, listeners out there, if you happen to be on Instagram, uh, look us up. We are at Cigar Tipsters right there on Instagram. Just search Cigar Tipsters in the, uh, the search bar and you'll find us. But we uh, often post our... Uh, pictures of what we're smoking and various accessories and whatever shenanigans we may be into at the time. Uh, so we'd love to have you give us a follow over there. And uh, with that said, another story that happened uh, a 
kind of while we were in Georgia, uh, the FDA director was at a Senate hearing and, uh, you know, Florida's own Senator Marco Rubio was, you know, grilling him reasonably hard with, in terms of, you know, trying to get straight answers about the FDA and how much of this, uh, premium cigar regulation business is really going to happen or how, you know, where are we at? What, what are we really going to do? What are all these rules? How are they going to be enforced? And to, to Rubio's credit, he was really pushing the issue, but uh, Scott Gottlieb, the, uh, the FDA director, seemed to uh, dance around the subject just a little bit, but I'd love to hear your guys' opinion on that as well. Well, I thought he was an excellent politician. <laughs> yeah. The, you can say that again. In all his statements, he basically said nothing. Right. Uh, he was incredibly noncommittal. And that statement of, well, we have to let the science lead us is just ridiculous. Because there is no science. Right. No. Well, we could say notice, it's all junk science. If you notice, too, Alan, he kind of tried to push it off on Congress, too. Yeah, he danced around the issue, but didn't quite rebuttal anything that would make sense. It was just fluff up in the air. I'm like, that's not a definitive response. And Rubio was like trying to get him to say this is not for the youth. He was making strong points. And I want to emphasize this is not for, you know, young people. This is for adults, you know. And uh, and then God leave would just kind of brush it off. And that was very disappointing. Well, you know, Rubio is very very concerned because there are so many number one cigar companies that are based out of florida so you know, the state of florida could lose a lot of income you know right. if they go out of business and have in a number of cities in florida um shops where they actually roll their own cigars and you know, these small business owners just cannot afford to pay $50,000 for each cigar brand and each size, plus a thousand cigars that they have to provide for testing. So he's really concerned that it's, it's going to put a lot of them out of business and it's going to hurt the state of Florida, not just in terms of tobacco, but in terms of tourism, you know, I want to go to Ybor Tampa. City. Yeah, I want to go to Tampa. I want to go to, you know, Ybor City. Sure. But if there aren't people there uh, producing cigars and rolling cigars, why would I want to go there? Right. You know, where, where, I found really, where I found really disappointing about that whole situation was, too, that the mayor of Miami and the mayor of Tampa both asked for an economic impact study and got no response, nothing. I mean, not even, we're not going to do it, or thanks for your letter, nothing, you know? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it was... I wonder if Congress is going to act, you know, before the lawsuit... Probably not. Is, uh, have you guys read the uh, the article that was uh, published at the end of June, June 29th, about how the uh, the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Agriculture they're trying to include what's called a rider 
um, exempting premium cigars from the U.S. FDA regulation. Um, but it's got to go through the House and the Senate and everyone else before it actually becomes any type of, of law. But um, basically, they're trying to change a couple of things where it will, it, it lays out the guidelines as to what a premium cigar is comprised of, you know, 100% tobacco leaf, binders, hand rolls, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then they're also trying to include another rider which will change, uh, change the predicate date from January 15th of 07 to August of 2016, the day that the FDA deems a regulation on cigars. So they're trying to at least move the date up where all the uh, premium cigars by the, by the boutique industry you know, basically it changes, it forwards it up to the, uh, to the newer date, which could help, but there's so much more red tape that has to go through before it actually gets enacted, but there, it's the slightest sign of any underlying change that I've read at all, it, you know, uh, it's not, you know, it, it, was significant. it was significant, but it was a small step. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Jerry, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. As, uh, as vice president, of Trade J Cigars, and you guys are a small company, small cigar producer. Right. Uh, how do you really see this affecting you, and, and how can it, or how has it affected you? Well, I, I tell you what, it, it's, it's significant in the fact that uh, it's really made it hard for boutiques to move forward with any new accounts. Um, you know, it was really odd. Uh, last August, I was actually in Atlanta, if you remember was look, looking for shops down there and when the FDA announcement came out it was like the door slam shut you know uh, thank God uh, we're not we're not picking up a whole lot of new business right now but thank goodness we do have enough uh, steady customers and we're doing okay for the moment but uh, yeah the impact is significant I mean if this thing goes full full blast we're done we can't afford it you know and uh, of course we're not the only small company that's in that situation in fact uh, I'm sure you guys know there's several that already thrown the towel in now, personally, we're just trying to be cautiously optimistic and keep moving forward till we really see what happens, you know. But yeah, it's really it's made things a lot tougher for the boutiques now. Jerry, if what what's the drawback to the shop bringing in say vicarious at this point because they're not keeping a huge amount on on uh, on the shelves. Why can't they? It seems like to me they would actually want to get them in there. Well, so well they can't make yeah. the money from the kingdom. Well, the response I get in most cases is the fact that I don't know if you guys are going to be here next year. You know, which seems a, a little lame to me. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I think there's just been so much shock value in this whole thing. It's just disrupted the, the whole business. I, I'm really curious part, to see the part of the deal with with the FDA is that within two years. If it wasn't a tested and approved cigar, it was going to have to come off the shelves. Right. Well, you know, in August, you'll only have another year for that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of shop owners, you know, were thinking or are thinking, I'm going to have to pull inventory, you know, off the shelves that I can't sell anymore. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's a large part of it. And again, too, there's just so much uncertainty right now for the entire industry. It's just got people rattles a lot of levels. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out as as we continue to go on. You know, with Gottlieb being a uh, a fan of premium cigars, you know, I think we were all hoping to 
definitely get a little bit more out of him, but I think it goes back to what Alan said. You know, he, he played the perfect politician. And uh, I guess we'll wait and see who's lying in his pockets before it's over with. But, yeah, uh, that's unfortunate, but you're right. You can see Rubio trying to draw out of him the agreement. You know, he would make a point, and he'd want Godly to echo that and re-emphasize it and agree. You know, he wanted to get that dialogue back and forth to say, okay, now from both sides of the fence, we've got a mutual understanding, and Godly was just playing it safe. Like you said, the perfect politician gives the political answers, and Rubio was trying to like, draw out of him listen, this is important. You, I thought you could hear some more revolutionary talk out of your mouth, and it wasn't really there. And that was both like everyone sitting on a cigar people just with their hands in the air. Didn't know, you know, we're like, okay, well, you say you love being in cigars, so where's the fight? Where's the fire? We're all yeah. for that. Yeah, I, 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 there's a lot of truth to that. But, but again, uh, for us, we're just cautiously moving forward. Um, and, and trying to maintain our optimism, uh, we've already we've already spent uh, what's for us a considerable sum of money just complying so far with all the paperwork and everything. Mm-hmm. I can imagine getting rich on this with the lawyers. <laughs> Amen, brother. That's what usually goes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hang on, I think we I think Ben may have dropped off. Give me two seconds to get him back here. Did somebody drop? Yeah, I think Ben did. Hang on. Just going to try to get him back on. He just came in and said what he wanted to say and left. Oh. His wife must have touched his jaw. <laughs> there he is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask it since Alan said it. Did your wife touch the jar? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I was only kidding about the bad food wall thing. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I had, a, I had another phone call come in from a random stranger, so I had to answer. <laughs> priorities, Ben. Priorities. Well, yeah, priorities. Speak, speaking of, of Ben and speaking of uh, the Woodstock tweet-up, one of the interesting things that Ben brought with him was a, a pouch from a company called uh, Good Cigar Company. And I have to say it's a very interesting little pouch, a great pouch if you're considering getting into cigars or it's something you do occasionally and you want like an all-in-one package, uh, you know, to get you started. But I'm, I'm not going to steal Ben's thunder on this one. I'll let him talk about this and... Uh, what what your experience was with with the whole package and the shipping and the whole deal yeah um so yeah i'll give a, a brief review so you know i saw this uh, uh cigar company on one of my feeds on, on flipboard and whatnot and so i went online and started looking at it and i ordered uh, a pack so basically it, it's a very simple concept basically you have three different uh levels of cigars so before i get into what those are a little bit of background about how Good Cigar Company came to be. So what it is that the guy named Will McCain is the founder of Good Cigar Company. And he apparently fell in love with cigars uh, in the, what he read here, the hills of the Appalachian Mountains, all right? So I guess he would just sit around with his brothers and his family uh, while he was going to college. And uh, so what he would do, he had a kind of a reputation of bringing cigars with him to occasions um, for 
campouts, cookouts, whatever. So he would just have them with him. Um, and what he actually started doing is he would sell cigar packs for each weekend and game day. So he would actually bring a supply with him and sell them uh, to people at, at these events. Um, and then after doing this for a few years, he decided to go ahead and start Good Cigar Company, and that was to make cigars simple, easy to understand, and accessible to, to anyone who wanted them. So they find the best cigars from the, the brands that he loves, and they sell them in a 72% humidified sealable pack. Um, and inside, you get two cigars. You get a lighter, a cutter, um, excuse me, you get a box of, uh, wood, a small box of wooden matches, a lighter, box of matches, a cutter, uh, and then some kind of a little bit of a pamphlet of instructions so if you've not smoked a cigar at all it gives you some basic information on you know it may tell you a little bit about the cigars but it'll tell you how to cut it how to light it about cigars so forth and so on um so their idea is to take cigars and simplify it to where everyone can enjoy them and it always puts two in there so one for you and one to share with your friends um so i went on there and i ordered there's three different levels so there's the classic uh, no, excuse me, yeah, the classic aficionado, and uh, and I think there's like a basic line. I ordered the classic line, which would be basically medium body. Uh, you don't know what cigars are in it. You just order it. It was about 29 bucks, and it shipped it uh, from California. And it didn't take very long. You would think it would take about a week. It really did. It took about three, maybe four days, if that, from the time I put the order in. Uh, it comes in a box. Uh, and then they submit a package inside that box of some, uh, some, some paper. And uh, and so I just kept it there until uh, we met up at TweetUp uh, last weekend. Uh, and that's when I opened it up and I saw the two cigars that were in there. So for the classic line, at this time, they sent me the Robusto of the Flor de las Antillas uh, from my father. So two of those cigars. And a, uh, it was actually a pretty large cutter. It was like a large ring gauge cutter that was in there. Uh, and then the box of matches and, and then everything like that. So uh, overall, it was very easy. It kind of reminded me a little bit of like they do Dollar Shave Club, how, you know, you always know, here and you get a, a really nice simplified pack, something like that. Um, but I really like, I like the presentation, the packaging. I like the business model uh, and the simplicity of it all. Uh, and the cigar smoked great. So even though it came from California, you know, there might have been a concern of, whether the humidity would retain and whether it would be a good smoke. It was a, it was a great smoke. It smoked as well as getting it from my local cigar shop. So, um, you know, I, I would recommend it. And the, the, the one thing I like about it is that if you're going on a trip or camping, you got a few packs to land around, just grab a pack and go. Maybe two packs, you know, and it's got everything in there that you need. So you don't have to, you know, to think about it and carry stuff in your pocket. It's, everything's already in there. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I like it. Is that a subscription service or just buy them as you want? There, right now, it doesn't show that there's a subscription, but I think you can order like one order, three orders, I think up to six orders. I think it's the max you can do. Um, but there's not like a, a constant uh, monthly subscription to it to my, that I can see. So, you know, a one-time order, a three-month or six-month subscription. But it's not an ongoing. Um, and you can order, you know, different quantities. They do have, if you do large crowds, let's say you're doing, let's say, a bachelor party, so you can order larger quantities for events. Um, but the most you can order out is a six-month. We're, we're, we're just talking about the uh, good cigar company pouch. And I'll say the, um, 
The thing that shocked me the most about it was when you opened the pack and it was my father, Florida Los Santias. I mean, you're talking one of the top 25 cigars of the year, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. So, the, so they're not playing around with the quality. And, and, and wasn't there three cigars? No, there was two. There was two of the my father's cigars that came in. But yeah, I would definitely, uh, e even really to the to the veteran cigar smokers, you know, give these guys a shot. I mean, they seem like a really good company, and these could also be great gifts if you know somebody that's looking to get into cigars. This could be a great introduction for them. Again, like Ben mentioned, you just pick the basically the intensity level that you're going to get with the. The particular cigar that they send you, uh, but definitely uh, be on the lookout to see where this company goes in the future for sure. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about them. Go ahead. Yeah, senior, we, you talked about this when we were at Tweet Up. How there's a lot of different companies are doing this where you order just <laughs> and neighbors are celebrating a little early. Um, <laughs> man down, you man order down. Pack and you're not sure what's in it. You're not sure what's in it, and it's you know, you just choose what you know, like you were saying, people order stuff that for camping gear or whatever. Uh, and and I, I kind of like that, like it doesn't you don't get to pick yeah. the cigar, you just know it's that intensity, so it's almost like a little Christmas gift every time you open it up because <laughs> you're not sure what's in it. But uh, it was, it was, I was impressed with the photo of some people selecting it, put in there. Oh, yeah, those were two um, awesome cigars. You know, Ben, uh, you and I were talking about that. I actually met that guy at the uh, Saved Leaf. Uh, rally in, in washington last year very interesting fellow i uh, really enjoyed talking with him right i think he's got a good idea and he's gonna make it work mm -hmm. yeah it, it seems pretty successful so far and i wish i, I hope it keeps growing because i like it i like that business yeah, yeah and I, i'm sure a good cigar company is a name that will pop up again on our website uh for those of you who don't know it is cigartipsters.com uh, be sure to take a look at that because we did uh, very recently uh completely redesigned that uh, pretty much from the ground up uh, myself and Benjamin slaved over it like a little Italian woman cooking uh, ziti uh, for the family. So uh, <laughs> we, 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 we stirred with love. Do I? Wait a minute. I saw him make a pasta at uh, Woodstock Queen Up, and I doubt very seriously that you and Ben worked that long. <laughs> oh yeah actually the funny thing was yeah the, that was not even a segue into that but just just since we're here um we, we were made some uh some tremendous pasta during woodstock tweet up which i think we ate on four or five different times but uh the story that i heard and you know little birds talking and whatnot was that uh, jerry was brought down from uh from Ohio specifically to uh, to stuff this particular pasta, and uh, from what I saw, did, did a did a seller job. Yeah, actually, you know, fellas, I, I did. Um, you know, Ben's talking a big game here, but I actually did slave over that pasta. So thank you very much. Although I do have to admit, I did have a little help. Okay. <laughs> the the truth comes my, out. My first foray into Italian cooking, and uh, everybody seemed to enjoy it. So that's the important part. But yeah, the, definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed the food and all that. But since we've got uh, Mr. Garrett here with us tonight, why don't we get a little bit deeper into, uh, you know, Trey J and what you guys have going on. And I know, Alan, you had some questions that you wanted to uh, pose to Jerry tonight. So why don't you start us off? Now, Jerry, you are the 
uh, vice president of Trey J Cigars. And my first question to you is one, and it's got several parts. You know, one would be, how did you get into the cigar business? And I'd like you to give us uh, maybe a little history of the Trey J Company. And I also want to know, what's the first cigar you ever smoked? Oh, wow. Uh, okay, I'll start off with the first one. Um, actually, <laughs> I, I almost hate to admit this because I can't even tell you what it was, but about 20 years ago, my wife and I were in Miami, uh, and it was New Year's Eve, and I, I was not a cigar smoker at that point. I mean, pretty much all, all the experience I had with cigars up to that point was like your Swisher Sweets. And I just got an impulse that I wanted to get a cigar. And again, I hate to admit this, but I actually went into a shop and bought a chocolate flavored cigar. And at that time, I actually thought it was pretty good. <laughs> so it wasn't a resounding start. No big story there, but that's kind of what it was. But actually, I, what I started doing was going to the smokers at Jungle Gyms. Uh, we, I told you guys about Jungle Gyms International Market. Uh, my two partners, Johnny, who's president of the company, actually had known him for quite a while. He and I started the smokers together. And we met Jay Clark, who's now, of course, our CEO. And, you know, we developed a, a, a very solid, good friendship and, uh, you know, had a lot of similar tastes and so on. And uh, we we all love cigars. I, I hate to use the word passion because I think it's a little bit overworked these days. But, you know, it, it, time had a lot to do with it, too. The fact that my pending retirement was coming up and so was Jay's. And so we were going to have the time to, you know, more or less try to pursue something like this. So pretty much what we did is one night I put together a pretty flimsy business model and presented it to them, and they said, you know, this sounds great. Let's do it. Now what we do? Because, <laughs> you know, fellas, obviously none of us are Cuban. And uh, it's pretty much three guys from, from Hamilton, Ohio, decided they want to start making cigars. So pretty much what we did, uh, if you guys, I don't know if you've met Johnny or not, but Johnny is one of those most just 100% genuine people that everybody is drawn to. He's just a great guy. And what we really did the first year, and it actually took us three years to get to market, uh, we send him every trade show, every spoker, every event that we can to, to do some networking, to try to meet some people. And obviously he was very successful at that because we met people in the business. Uh, gosh, I, I even hate to name them because I'm sure I'll forget some. But uh, uh, Matt Booth, Sam Lucia, Tom Lazuka, Jose Blanco, uh, and, and so many others, again, I, I hate to even try to name them, that just basically said, what do you guys need? Uh, it, it was remarkable for a business as competitive as this that you find people who are already established are willing to be that open and helpful. So with a lot of help from those guys, we learned how, how to got some brewery ideas about how to blend. Uh, found a factory, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, we have some, some pretty good ideas of what we wanted to do going in, and you know, so far it seems like it's worked out pretty good for us. But again, kudos to all those guys, and I wish I could thank some of the other ones because uh, they are the ones that literally brought us into the business. Searching the company, Trey J. Trey J. Well, that's pretty simple. We stop and think about it. Jay, Johnny, and Jerry. Okay, so that didn't take a whole lot of brainstorming, and actually, we didn't have to hire a consultant for that one. So, it's just one that seemed to came to mind, and we kind of liked the sound of it, so we ran with it. Trey mm -hmm. J. And my uh, personal favorite Trey J. cigar is, of course, the Blue, uh, which you've heard us talk about many, many times on the show. When when you sat out and you started 
you know, blending and coming up with this idea that would eventually become the blue. Uh, how much of a thought process was that? And how many, did you go through a bunch of blends? Was it uh, love at first strike? It took us three years to get the market. From the time we started until the time we actually had, had something worthy, we thought putting it on the market was three years. It, it was a lot of experimentation with tobacco. We were so fortunate that we were introduced to Tobacco Las Lavas in the San Diego in, in the Dominican. Uh, is the Cuevas family, and I'd like to talk about them a little bit more. They were so helpful uh, when we got down there. By the time we got down, we had some, a pretty good idea of what we wanted to do. We And you guys are very familiar with the lines, you know what I'm talking about. We wanted a mild Connecticut, a medium-bodied Corojo, and a medium-to-full Maduro, which the three of us each took one of those cigars. And, you know, with a whole lot of guidance from Louis Cuevas and a lot of experimentation, uh, we kind of came up with those blends. Damn good so blends of that. So you have three of them, a white, a blue, and a red? We have a white, blue, and a black, and then we came out with a red this year. Yes, sir. So there's four. Right, and there's four now. And then there's also the Invictus line, but we can talk about that a little later if you want to. What's the construction on the white? The white is a, excuse me, uh, it's, it's a Dominican filler and binder with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. It's a very mild cigar, uh, and we, we really kind of blended it in that direction because we were thinking more for golfers. We actually made it a 7 by 52 so it's sort of a thick Churchill. We, we sort of laughingly call it a double Churchill, or that's what we refer to it as. It's, it's something we kind of aim for the golfers and beginning cigar smokers and for people possibly who wanted cigars for parties, things like that. It's almost something that anybody could smoke. Because it's a very, very mild cigar, yet it's still got a lot of flavor. It's uh, without when you pick a lot of the creamy cappuccino flavors, uh, I, you know, I, I, just a really light, co uh, light coffee, Connecticut type flavor. You don't pick up a lot of grassy aftertaste that you do with a lot of the Connecticut too. And as far as it being a golfing, golfer cigar, I actually had a couple guys tell me that they could light it up and play nine holes and never relight it. I think that speaks very well to Quavis and the, and the, the uh, quality of the cigars we're getting from that factory. So the White Connecticut was the first one you produced? The White Connecticut was the first one, and it is still, I, well, as of right now, I, I, I won't say, but up till the Red came out, it was our number two seller. It's very popular. We also have that available now in a Gorda and also a Corona size. And how did the blue come about? Well, the blue was kind of my baby, okay? <laughs> that, was, that one took a, a probably, it didn't take as much as the black as far as experimentation and everything, but I, I went down there with the idea that I wanted to create a different Corojo cigar. Uh, you, you know, most of the Corojos, and, and everybody knows there's a lot of fabulous Corojos out there, uh, but they tend to lean more toward the spicy side. And I, I really had the idea of doing something a little different and trying to shoot for a sweet one. And you guys know that it's not a fuse or anything like that. It's just the, the type of tobacco that we end up using in a cigar that gave it that unique flavor. And I think it is sort of unique for a Corolla. All right. And how about the black? The black was Johnny's baby. The black was probably the one that took us the longest work. Uh, it it uh, it is a classic Maduro. Uh, I think you guys have had all have had it before. Alan, I think you especially like that one. Uh, it, it just has it has the Brazilian, and I never can pronounce it. Alan, say it for me. What's the wrapper, Alan? 
out of Panaka. Thank you so much, because it never comes, right, every time I try to say it, it comes out sounding like tapioca, okay? And I, I know uh, you guys have to realize that, you know, when I speak Spanish, which I speak very little of, it's with a Kentucky accent, so it never comes out right. But that Brazilian rapper, it has, it has mostly a Nicaraguan filler with a Dominican binder, and it, again, to me, is just a classic Maduro cigar. With that one, you pick up a whole lot of those coffee and, and dark chocolate flavors. And it's even got, on the back end, it's even got a little bit of a black pepper flavor, too, which makes it a little bit different. But uh, San Lucia was on Half Wheel about nine months ago, and they asked him to name the top five, what, in his opinion, was the top five Maduros in the world. And he actually named our black for number five. So that was quite a compliment. We appreciate that. Excellent. And how about the red? Okay, the red. That's the new boy, okay? It was kind of a departure from what we did. It's a little bit, and uh, contrary to uh, uh, someone who will remain unnamed, I don't see it being a, a breakfast cigar, it's got a little more bite to it. This one has a, a Nicaraguan, Pennsylvania Broadleaf, and Jalapa filler, a Dominican binder, and it has the, the Brazilian Cruvra Maduro wrapper, which is a really, if you guys, uh, you guys will, I'll try it, has a real kind of a toothy wrapper to it. It's, I, th I think it's an excellent Maduro, too. It's a little stronger than the black, a little different flavor due to the Cuba wrapper. But uh, we really experimented with that one, too. I, I really had another leaf in mind to go into the filler, which, unfortunately, not being, you know, uh, Christian Aurora or Fuente, uh, we, we couldn't exactly get the leaf we wanted, and we sort of settled on the Lapa. But I think, I think it turned out to be a winner anyway. I think it's a great cigar. Well, it's definitely excellent. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate all, that. All of the four, which are your favorite? Oh, the blue, hands down. The <laughs> <laughs> blue just hits my wheelhouse. I mean, I, I can enjoy any of the four, but again, the blue was kind of uh, blended uh, to my taste. And uh, it's probably the most complex, which would you guys think of, of all the four cigars? Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. I, I also yeah, think yeah, it's... I think, I think it probably is. Uh, it still is our number one seller. I, I really have one shop that's going through 20 bucks a month. So, uh, again, I just I have to stand with that one. I'll do, I do like the other three, too. And what would be your favorite Vitola? Uh, I really like the Torpedo, which could be in, in a sort of the uh, minority. Uh, and I knew that going in, but I really like the Torpedo. Uh, the Torpedo has seemed to stand the, the test of time. We actually have that available in a Corona and a Toro now. And, uh, you know, you would think a lot of people might favor the Toro, but uh, the the, uh, the Torpedo is still the, the, the most favorite uh, Vitola. And what about, uh, I know things are, are very muddy with the FDA situation, but, uh, you know, what, what's in the future for, for Trey J right now? Well, we're looking at something, long story, long story short, I, I won't get into the blend right now. Uh, we are looking at something that will be called, that you, you'll probably get a kick out of this name, The Negotiator. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me explain the backstory with that one. This is kind of going to be Jay's uh, pet, okay? Although we're all going to be involved in the blend, and of course when we get a lot of after the factory thing of this, we definitely need it. It will be a short figurato, and the storyline behind that is, Jay, uh, who has done very, very well in business, he he's, was involved in importing metals from China, and has done very, very well. So Jay's, you know, Jay's uh, natural habitat is the boardroom a lot more than we are, me and Johnny. And Jay always carried a small cigar. And when he got done saying we wanted to say, he, he would say, I'm going to smoke the cigar. 
it's going to take me about 30 minutes. Make up your mind, basically. So that's kind of the backstory for the negotiator. It will be a short, small Figurado. It more than likely will be full-bodied. And, uh, you know, again, uh, with the whole FDA thing, we're still moving forward. It's going to happen. Not exactly when, but we're working on it right now. Jerry, one of the things I find interesting about your scars is the band. Yeah. I'd, I'd like band. you to describe that. Okay, sure. We we put first we put a whole lot of name and, and a whole lot of thought into the name, and we we very early on came up with the idea of vicarious because when we're smoking vi- cigars, we're living vicariously. You know, uh, we all know this that a cigar is is a portable campfire. It's something that men can sit down, share, enjoy, and it doesn't matter who you're sitting next to. You can find something to talk about. We live vicariously. So that's kind of where the name came from. But the band, the, I've had remarks, people remarks, well, the band's kind of simple. Well, it was done there on purpose. If you guys, of course, are very familiar with the logo on the box and the, and the band, and if you look at the the band itself, it's actually a watch band. It's actually got those holes in it there and everything. It is a watch band. And it's our way of reminding people, maybe a little subliminally sometimes, because not everybody seems to get it, but to slow down, enjoy life, and have a good cigar. So there's quite a bit of thought went into that simple band. And how did the Invictus come about? Oh, the Invictus. Okay, we, you know, and when we talked about the first three that came out, while we were doing something, we were trying to kind of hit everybody's wheelhouse. We came out with a mild, a medium, and a medium to fall, okay? And this is prior to the red. Uh, after the first year, really the only one of the few consistent criticisms that we had was that we didn't have a full-bodied cigar. Well, over the years, from the time that we became involved with this, and again, we're, we're three years in business, but we've been around this, working on this for six years, uh, my CEO, Jay, and Jose Blanco, you all know who Jose Blanco is, great, great guy, uh, developed a really good friendship. And as we started talking about developing this cigar, well, Jose graciously volunteered to help us do the blending on that one. So that's kind of, that was kind of the beginning of that one. And so actually, he does these blending seminars that are just right. phenomenal. Absolutely, yeah. He, in fact, he's supposed to be on our area here pretty soon, I think, doing it too. So, of course, he's taking a big step uh, going with EPC now, which I think seems to be working. I actually saw him in February, spent the afternoon with him down in Miami, and, and he seems very happy with the place he's in now, and I think things are working well for him. Of course, uh, uh, Emma is over in, I believe it's Macedonia, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of a long-distance relationship, but they seem to be managing it very well. He actually got her on the phone, and we talked for a little while down there. So she actually did the artwork for our, our Invictus brand, which turned out really great. And they came up and spent four days with us when we did our national launch. So, again, great big you know, shout-out to Jose and Emma. Thank you so much for your help. And in case you're not aware, Emma is the um, force behind the Freya brand. Right, yeah, yeah. And we definitely want to uh, extend our thanks to uh, Jerry Garrett for, you know, uh, stopping by and chatting with us tonight. Uh, it was great to see him and uh, his wife, Darlene, uh, last weekend at Woodstock Tweet Up. And if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at uh, Cigar Tipster, you'll know that we talk about Trey J quite a lot because we, we do adore their cigars. So definitely give us a follow. Great talking to you guys again. Thanks for a great weekend. Uh, and by the way, thanks for two great reviews tonight, too, fellas. You did a great job. Right. I'm going to run around by both of the cigars. <laughs> Definitely. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, 
Ooh, man down on that one. That but, was right on cue. <laughs> <laughs> sure was, Doc. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank and you, uh, uh, okay, have, guys, take care. Talk soon. See ya. Have a good night. Bye-bye. But yeah, definitely give us a follow over on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we are at Cigar Tipster on both. Uh, like I said, we, we have great love for Trey J Cigars, uh, but we do talk about just about every cigar that we smoke. You know, we we discuss it on those two flat, <coughs> excuse me, platforms. Uh, but uh, before we close up shop tonight, I do want to extend a thank you to uh, Alan, the cigar savant Friedman, and his uh lovely wife Marley. Uh, they played host to myself, Senior Ben, and uh, Jerry and his wife Darlene uh, last weekend uh, at what we affectionately called Woodstock Tweetup. Uh, we did uh, shamelessly steal the name from Chattanooga Tweetup uh, and decided to uh, create our own event and uh, the Freedmen's definitely uh, uh, brought their A-game on this one. The, the food, the company, the cigars, everything was top-notch. So definitely uh, Thank you guys for that. It was our pleasure. And uh, te technically this was Woodstock number two, so at, uh, at some point there will be a Woodstock number three. Uh, we'll see when that comes about. But uh, uh, two, two successful ones in the bag, I'll put it that way. Well, we should do number three during uh, Dragon Con. True. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, uh, for, for those who don't know, yeah, I... That's I right up your alley. Yeah, I, I have, ever since last year, I've, I have a new love of uh, Dragon Con in, in Atlanta, so uh, that's going to become a Labor Day tradition, so yeah, that'll be Woodstock number three as, as we roll into town. And uh, anybody got anything else they want to throw out before we uh, lock down the yeah, shop tonight? Nice is the Dragon Con people have a Dragon Con cigar group. Yeah, they do, and they actually, uh, they did it last year, and they're doing it this year, too. Uh, and I, I think they're doing it this year, the day before Dragon Con technically starts, but they do a, um, a meetup, a cigar smoking meetup, I believe. Is that place called the Red Phone Booth? Am I saying that right? I think it's Red Door. Yeah, so, so, something like that, but it's a, a nice uh, uh, exclusive little joint uh, in downtown Atlanta where, where all the Dragon Con cigar smokers kind of get together and uh, have their own little smoker event. And for, for those of you uh, who may be interested in such things, that will be occurring uh, uh, starting on Thursday and going through Labor Day uh, as we head into September. Uh, cigar tipsters uh, will be represented in some form or another uh, at all times uh, during that event. So uh, if you're dorky or nerdy like me, don't be afraid to come and uh, join us. Uh, and we won't even require you to dress up. Junior, are you going to be in costume this year? Uh, I am thinking about it, but uh, no guarantees. And what costume are you thinking about? Uh, it would probably be something Star Wars related, uh, just as an excuse to walk around in a robe all day, I guess. Uh, but uh, if, if last year taught me anything, it is very, very, very hot. Uh, on Labor Day in downtown Atlanta with 70,000 people, so I may just be in shorts and a t-shirt. So Chewbacca would not be a good choice for that time of year? No. Uh, they're, um, l let's just say you, you probably need at least two showers a day uh, to, to be operating at capacity. But uh, anybody else got any got anything locally they want to throw out or uh, any shout outs they want to give before we close up shop?
it was a fantastic time. And uh, I can't thank you and, and your wife enough for being such gracious hosts, really. Well, you guys were just great guests. And I'm sorry that you had to uh, bomb the house after Ben left. Uh, you know. I apologize for all the background noise. I'm, I'm in Tennessee, so I shoot up fireworks for everything at all times. So sorry if it's on the uh, if it's on the podcast. We we just thought you were doing like a hillbilly uh, gun salute or something. So it very well might be. And the funny thing with you, you talk about Tennessee like you're not from there, like like they're not your people. Well, you know, the, no. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect, no, they're just they're people. But no, I, I'm not part of that stuff. Billy Twenty One Gun Salute. <laughs> Maybe next well, time. I'd like, to, I'd like to throw a shout out to. Terry, a uh, new listener of ours, I met in a uh, shop there in Memphis uh, one day last week. Uh, he's a new smoker that uh, he and I got talking in the humidor, and he was, you know, looking at different cigars and stuff. I introduced him to the podcast and uh, noticed he's following, the, following us now on social media. So is, then we people listening. Is he the, uh, the gentleman that... Uh, plugged us on Twitter the other day. Yeah. yeah okay. That's him. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the fold. And it only cost me two cigars to get him to listen. <laughs> All right. Well, on behalf of uh, Alan, Ben, Senior, myself, and uh, Jerry yeah, Garrett, funny, I guess nobody else did. <laughs> we were laughing on the inside. Don't worry about it. Well, you know, I, I expected some reaction, but hey. Just remember, Ben is the punching bag. You're always above Ben. <laughs> oh, oh, there it goes. He was a nice guy. We had, we had a good conversation. All right. Well, on behalf of Alan, Ben, uh, Senior, myself, and uh, Jerry Garrett, I uh, hope everybody has a good night. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs>